This is the Jewel City Church Podcast, and this time we're doing something a little bit different. We're joining Unite Youth for their eight-week series, New Year, New Habits. So gear up with your Bibles as we set out to develop better disciplines in following the Lord. I keep making new binders every week, and I kid you not, I made like... 14 new binders this week. But praise the Lord, the Lord keeps bringing in new people and we're so excited about it. So, sorry, uh, we'll get you a binder in a minute. It's coming, it's on its way. And so, apologies, um, I'm not gonna use this quite yet, so, but we are gonna use that in a minute. So, welcome. Sorry, I'm a little sweaty, a little chaotic, but happy to be here. Um, and so, as I just said a little bit ago, um, we are in this series called New Year, New Habits. And so what, we've, what we have been doing is looking at different disciplines, so different practices we can have in our life to grow our relationship with Christ, to grow closer to him. And so um, the first week we just kind of talked about what are. And then last week we started talking about studying the word. And so when we talked about studying the word, we talked about what the word is. And so we looked at a bunch of different scriptures that said the word is God breathed, that it's upholding the universe. It's the sword of the spirit. It's living and active. The gospel, it's Jesus himself. And if you look at your week two notes, which everybody should have, well, except for, I'm sorry, everybody else should have week two notes and it should be filled in and you have all those scripture references. And then what does the word do? That it sanctifies us, it guides us, it offers us hope, teaching, reproof, correction, and training, and it sets us free, and it doesn't return void. And so there's power in the word, that it's life-changing, um, that every time we read it, the Lord's going to reveal something new to us, um, that it's literally inspired by him. It may have been written by man. He might have used man's hand to do it, but it is God-inspired. It is God-breathed. And so then we talked about, after we talked about what it is and what it does, we talked about how do we study it? And so we talked about one method. Who can tell me what the method is? Maddox. It's soap. And it's not the kind that you clean yourself with. It's the kind you read the word with. And so soap, who can tell me what S stands for? O. <laughs> All right, A. Application, P. Prayer. All right, so we have scripture. So we're going to read scripture, then we're going to observe what we read. So just saying exactly what's happening in scripture, and then how does this apply to my life? How do I respond to this? And then praying over it. And so I wanted to, for a minute, because we kind of just briefly talked about this at the end of last week, and hopefully for some of you, um, so after week two, we had little daily applications, and the daily application for last week was to read a little passage of John each and every day, um, and to do the soap method with the word, which I'm not gonna ask you all who did it. I hope you all did it. <laughs> Thanks, Lorelai. Um, but uh, just to put to practice this thing, the things that we are learning. And so each and every week, there's going to be a daily application through the week. So you can apply the things that we're learning here. Um, and you can apply that to your life. You can apply that to your time. And as I've said each week, when I was your age, I felt like I didn't know where to start or what to do or where to go. Or if I have a question, I just, what do I do? Just sit in my question and, and not answer it. And so... Um, I'm trying to prepare you all and give you tools so that you can answer those questions, so that you can understand scripture, so that you can know how to spend time with God. I'm not saying that this is the perfect or the most expansive or the things that you all, like all the things you have to do, but if you guys can just get the basics of spending time with God and you can make that a priority in your life now, um, it's gonna be so valuable for, for you all the days of your life. And so I wanted to dig a little bit more into 
soap, um, but specifically into the observations. And so when we talked about making observations about scripture, um, we talked about, you know, who, who does this apply to? What's, what's going on here? Um, who all is involved in this passage? The what is happening? And then the when and the where. So when and where is this passage taking place? So if you guys, everybody, if you can, if you're on, it should be on today's notes if you're not there, um, which nothing has been said that's on the notes yet, but just let you know where we are. But anyway, <clears throat> so when you think about a book or a movie, um, what kind of things, like if you're gonna analyze a movie, what kind of things are you looking for? That's probably too broad of a question, I'm sorry. But when you think about the who of a movie, you're looking at the characters, right? You're gonna look at all the characters in the movie or the novel or the book. And so when you look at characters, um, so uh, you wanna know what they're doing. They're gonna face some kind of conflict. They're gonna overcome it. There's gonna be some kind of uh, resolution. But biblical stories um, use characters as a mirror uh, so that when we can see ourselves and discover our own human nature and the reflection. And so Bible stories, this who, it's like a character in, in a book. So a lot of times you can put yourselves in the shoes of the person that is in a movie, right? Have you guys ever watched a movie and you're like, man, I could put myself in the shoes of, of this person. Like this is relatable. And so biblical characters are the same way in that they are a mirror of us. And sorry, I skipped ahead on your notes. And so it should... B, yes. So it is an answer. I skipped ahead of setting, and that was my bad. And so um, character, it's this mirror of who we are. And the interesting thing about biblical cares, characters as opposed to like movie or book characters is a lot of times movie and book characters are simplified because it's very clear um, uh, classic stories have good and bad guys. They're simplified, whereas Biblical stories are complex. Biblical characters are complex. They're a mix of good and evil, just like us. And so it's realistic, like they're relatable. We can see when we read their stories that it's a reflection of us and we can know um, how we need to interact with God uh, through that. And then when you're looking at uh, a movie, a lot of times you wanna know the setting. You wanna know where this is taking place. If it's a timepiece, for instance, you know, if it's taking back in like, the 1800s or something, that's going to change the context of a movie. Because if you see like, I'm trying to think of something really out of context. If you see like, the t sure, Titanic. What did you say? High school? Dinosaur. Yeah, so if you're like watching a modern movie and then there's just like a random dinosaur in the background, like if they're in like, and it's not Jurassic Park, like we're not talking Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Like it's literally like a rom-com and all of a sudden a dinosaur walks behind them. You're gonna be like, and they don't explain it. It's just there. It's just the setting, that they're in a setting where there's dinosaurs. It's gonna be kind of weird, right? So the setting matters and the setting um, of a story prepares you for what's going to happen. And so, um, so the setting of a story can prepare you for what's going to happen. Um, so if, you, if the setting is a haunted house, you can guess that that movie's gonna be pretty scary, right? Well, it might be, it might be funny, I don't know. But most likely it's going to be scary. If it's a timepiece, you know that like, people are gonna act really proper, there's gonna be a certain set of rules that they follow. And so it's the same in the Bible. So when we see that it's set in a different country, a different place, a different, among a different people group, that there's already 
because we've, if we read the whole Bible as a whole, which we talked about last week, that the setting, um, we, there's expectations there because like, we know what's happened in, in the past. So like when you watch a movie and like something has happened in a certain setting that um, you have expectations if another movie takes place in that setting. Does that make sense? Everyone following? Um, And then uh, across the whole Bible, places, situations, and time periods become full of meaning by evoking memories and setting expectations. And the New Testament authors reuse all of these settings to show how Jesus is the one carrying our world from garden out of Egypt in the wilderness and into all creation. And so it's really cool because when you look at all the different settings in the Bible, you look at all the different things going on, um, that there are these, as you know, as you read the gospels, as we read through John, there are all these places that are gonna be mentioned and they're gonna be listed. But they're also elsewhere in scripture. And it all points to this moment with Jesus. Um, and it shows how Jesus is carrying the world from all of these places, from the garden, from Egypt, in the wilderness, and into a new creation, into a new kingdom. And so um, the last thing is plot. And so we look at the characters, we look at the setting, um, and we look at the plot. And so um, narratives, uh, have characters in a setting going through a series of events, and those series of events are the plot. And so, you know, there's a beginning, there's a climax, there's a resolution, um, and this is what is happening. So it's like we're taking those questions and we're just kind of, again, like that who is the character, that the when and where is the setting, and that the plot is what's happening. And so, it's really cool when we look at scripture because there's all kinds of plot lines in scripture, right? Like you have like, David and Goliath over here, and then you have like Samson over here, and then you have Esther over here and Ruth, and it's like, they kind of feel like they're all of these different stories sometimes. But really, the most beautiful and epic thing about the Bible um, is that uh, all of these smaller plot lines are woven together to a unified story that leads to Jesus. And so that is why we must read the Bible. When we read the Bible, we must read it all together that reading any one verse in isolation, um, we're not going to get the same big, beautiful picture as when we understand and read all of scripture and that it's all pointing to Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about kind of how to dig more into these things. Like, okay, like when we read scripture, we wanna make these observations. We wanna understand and know um, what's going on, who's in this, and, and when and where it's taking place. But how many of you all, if you read any, or, or if you just read scripture ever in your life, have ever read scripture and you've been like, what the heck did I just read? What's going on? You've had a question, any kind of question at all. So pretty much everybody, if you've ever read the word of God. And so um, I want you guys to write this down. It's not in your notes, but it's good to ask questions. So write that on the little side, that it is good to ask questions. And I should have said that last week. So even as you're making observations, even as you're reading the word, that you ask questions, that you write down those questions. Um, But one of the important things to do when we have questions is to seek the answers to those questions. And not every question is gonna get maybe answered because it depends on the complexity of the question, I suppose. But that we would ask questions, um, and it was really cool because I, uh, I was like driving today and I already had like, like stuff ready except for binder stuff apparently because here we are. Um, 
uh, but I had stuff ready today, but I was like thinking about tonight and then I was thinking about like, man, it's good to ask questions. And then, uh, and I'd forgotten to add that to the notes, obviously, but I was like, I want them to know like it's good to ask questions. But when I went to Passion Conference a couple weeks ago, um, a guy named Ben Stewart was talking and he was talking about the time when Jesus, um, he gave the parable or he shared the parable of the soils. And I, I don't know how many of you are familiar, but he basically shares that there are four different kinds of soil, that there's a good soil, a rocky soil, um, a weedy soil, um, and gravel. And so, um, I just said gravel twice. <laughs> a rocky soil, a weedy soil, a good soil, and then it's pavement, right? My brain is not, not braining. There's four soils, but no. Was it dry? Oh, yeah. Okay, so dry soil. And um, so he tells this parable to all these people. And then, you know, some people listen to the parable, walk away, maybe don't think twice about it. And some other people walk away and maybe they're still thinking about it or they're still like, you know, enamored by Jesus because a lot of people come to listen to Jesus because they're just totally enamored by him. Um, but the disciples come up to Jesus later and they ask Jesus, what on earth did you mean? Because can you imagine, like, we know what that, what that means today. Like, we've, like, we know the good soil, it's our heart. Like, we're going to accept the word. We know that the rocky soil, you know, is shallow and it's not going to accept the word and different things like that. But back then, if a guy just came up and was like, there's four kinds of soil. There's this kind of soil, this kind of soil, this kind of soil, and this kind of soil. That's it. Goodbye. And then walked away. You'd be like, what the heck are you talking about? This makes no sense. Like, this has nothing to do. I thought you were going to tell me about the kingdom of God. Like, I don't understand. And so the disciples come up to him afterwards, and they're like, what does this mean? And then he sits with them, and he explains it to them. And so a lot of when we read the word, what matters is our response to it, so that we would come to Jesus with our questions. And there's importance in that, that there's value in that, that we just don't read it and we're like, I don't understand, and then we toss our Bible to the side, that we would seek um, to know what Jesus is saying. And so one way um, that we can, well, first of all, always be praying that the Lord is helping you to understand and, and those things. But there are also other tools, which is what we're gonna be talking about today, that we can use um, to find deeper meaning in scripture or to help us understand in scripture. And so one thing I want to preface all of this with is that study tools are not our primary source. Um, the, the word of God is so that when, we're, when we look at the tools that we're, gonna, that we're talking about today, that they would not replace the word. They would not replace reading the word. They would not replace knowing the word, but that they would help us to understand the word. Rather, um, what study tools are is they are an aid to help us understand. And so, um, have you guys ever heard of like a commentary? So like, like this Bible has a commentary in it. And so like underneath the scriptures, it will have like a little explanation of the verses. But if I just read that and I didn't read the word, it doesn't mean anything. Because this is still like, that's still written by, written by man. And so the word should be our primary source. Um, and everything we read to help us understand the word should also be tested against the word. So if it is not of the Lord, if it is not of scripture, that we would not listen to it or take it as truth. Um, so with that being said, um, some different tools that we have. Um, so um, 
I have Bibles for you guys. I'm sure some of you have Bibles, or all of you maybe have Bibles. But um, part of what we're going to be doing today and part of what we're going to be doing this week, um, so these are study Bibles. They have a lot of different things in them. Um, and some of the things that specifically this Bible has in them that are tools for you to help you understand the word is it has a glossary. Um, which is essentially a dictionary. So it gives a meaning of words and phrases used in scripture. And so in the back of the book, on page 1781 to be exact, um, there's a glossary. So if you're reading something, if you're like, I must use the word that we're gonna look up today, so I don't wanna use that. If you are looking up, I'm just gonna look in the back and pick a word. If you're like, what on earth is, that's a weird word. I'm not gonna use that one. Um, if you are like, what is a priest? Which most of you probably know what a priest. That might not have been a good choice. But if you were like, what is a priest? In the back of this book, it says, in Old Testament Israel, the priest represented the people before God and the God before people. And so, I'm not gonna read the rest of it. There's more. So it gives you the definition of words. So like different words that are used in scripture that maybe aren't like used in common language. Like who's over here? talking about a Pharisee. That's the word that we're gonna look up in just a bit in our small groups. And so like, we don't use that word today. So like, what does that mean? There is a, there's essentially a dictionary in the back. And so there's also a concordance. How many of you guys have ever heard of the word concordance? All right, we have some concordance. I don't know why I keep saying it so emphasized, but we have some concordance people. So there's also a concordance in the back of this Bible. And so it's an alphabetical index of words used in the Bible and the main ref, in the main Bible references where that word occurs. And so if I wanted to look up the word priest and see where all that is mentioned in scripture, I can go to the back of this and it will tell me all of the scripture references um, where a priest is used. If I use, um, it'll tell me different verses. And it won't give me all of them, like it definitely is limited some, but it's just like the word priest is used, it's taking too long to find it. but. It will give you all the scripture references for that. And then there's also cross-referencing. And so how many of you guys have ever heard of cross-referencing in your Bible? Okay, we have some, excellent. And so cross-referencing in your Bible will actually be found, so like we've been in John, right? So like if you open this Bible, this is, this is a Bible. Um, the cross-referencing will actually be found on the page with, um, with the scriptures. And so like if I'm reading in John 2, it says the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. The temple he found those who were selling ox and sheep. And so that's verse 13 and 14. And then I go down here, um, it says see chapter 11, 55 and 6, 4. And so I can go to John 11 or John 6, 4 and I can find more things that go along with that scripture, which is really helpful in uh scripture many times, because a lot of times, like it's really cool how scripture's intertwined and how the New Testament so often reflects back or reminds back to the Old Testament. And so if there's some kind of reference there, it will put that um, in the bottom so that you can go find that and you can explore that further, which is something we are also going to do today in our small groups. So some of this, like you're gonna get to apply this right after it and I think that'll make it make more sense because I won't just be up here telling you about it. And so lastly, um, commentary. So that's another thing that's in this Bible. Uh, commentary is written explanations and interpretations of scripture. And so somebody who's taking it and giving us some extra detail about what's going on, giving us some extra detail about the context, the setting, the characters involved in 
what we are reading. And then um, there are also online tools. Um, and I wanted to give you guys some like trustworthy online tools because um, there have been times I've just like Googled stuff in my life, which at this point I pretty well know I'm like, okay, probably shouldn't trust that, or I probably should. But it's good to have ones that you can rely on, that you know that you can go to, that it's going to be, again, it's still complimentary to the Bible. So still, I'm not saying like, trust everything that this says, but for the most part, trustworthy, but still test it against scripture. And so um, the church actually has an account with Right Now Media. Um, and so there's a bunch of videos and different things that you can supplement in addition to your reading. So like, uh, one of the things you guys are gonna get to do this week, so Tony Evans, um, he has a whole series on, on John and like going deeper with John. And so you guys are gonna get to watch a video this week with your reading to help, again, go a little bit deeper in that. And then how many of you guys have heard of the version version app or have that? A few of you. So there's this thing called the version app. It's really cool. It's a Bible for your phone. Um, and it also has a ton of devotionals and things on it. So you can look up a topical devotional. You could look up uh, a book devotional. Like if you wanted to study the book of John, you could look up a devotional and has a bunch of different tools on there as well, which this is why I have my laptop up here and I forgot. So I'm just going to, oh, there, that's my, that's my screen. Thank you. I made that on Canva. Oh, look, there's Right Now Media. Perfect. So this is Right Now Media, and so this is free to you through the church. And in your binders, if you don't have access to this, there is, can I use one of your binders? Sorry. I don't know where my notes or my binder went. Well, I think I, Page in your binder, there's a resource page. And so if you go to this link, it will give you access to the church's Right Now Media so that you can use different tools on here. Um, uh, because see, like here's the John, which is what we're gonna be using this week. But there's all kinds of different book studies here or topical studies down here that you can use. Thank you so much, Hannah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And so next on our list, we have Uversion is an app on your phone, but I can show you what it looks like, which I'm sure you guys are super smart and can probably figure all these things out, and I probably don't need to tell you what they look like. But this is it. It's um, really cool. Like it has a verse of the day and like a whole little video to, to go along with it, but then you can go to plans, and then you can look up uh, different things, like I have one on... Uh, a study in First Samuel and like prayers for a fresh start. And so all kinds of different things. Um, and then there's, you got questions. Okay, this is my favorite thing. And honestly, when I was thinking about it, there you are. I thought of Miranda, cause I was just like, this just seems like a Miranda. If you knew Miranda, if you know Miranda, it makes sense why I said that. Not to call you out, Miranda. Miranda's just really good at asking questions. And so this is one of my favorite resources. I use it for so much message prep and different things because it is so, um, it's just a really great resource. And so last week we read um, in Psalm 119, uh, six through nine. And I'm just gonna read that for you really quick and then we're gonna use this. And so Psalm 119.9, starting verse nine says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to his word. With my whole heart I seek you and let me not wander from your commands. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. And in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. And so this is a really great passage. It's talking about the word of God. It's talking about how, and this, we talked about how this is most likely, it's thought to be David who, um, who wrote this. And so he's talking about how much he loves and delights in the word and that the way to keep your way pure, the way to follow um, in God's, uh, in God's uh, to be obedient to God is to hold tightly and hold fast to the word of God and to love the word of God. Um, and so... When we have got questions, we can, um, like, let's say, even though it talks about how a, way can, uh, a, how a man can keep, how a young man can keep his way pure, let's say we're like, but how, what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, how can a man keep his way pure? What does it mean to keep um, his way pure? And so what we can do is you can literally just, oh, sorry, can we go back to my laptop? Sorry. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. You guys are great, thanks. So, um, I'm just gonna look up Psalm 119. So, over here. So, it doesn't have every question answered in the world. Like if you ask like a random question, you might not get it. But if you use different phrases, like within a passage, it has a lot of different things. And so, how can a man cleanse his way? Psalm 119. And so, and it goes in to talk about the overarching message of Psalm 119 is that great blessings belong to those who love, honor, and obey the word of God. And then um, it will keep going. And one of the things I love about this is every, every point that it makes, everything that it says is always scripturally backed. So you can see like all of the links to scriptures. And then if you hover over them, it actually gives you the scriptures. You can read it right then and right there, um, which I appreciate because... I like to know that what I'm reading is scripturally backed and you can literally read the word right there and then it's all tied in. And there's so many things, like I said, I've used this for a ton of messages and it's super helpful and you guys will get to use that after this as well. And so um, the last one is Bible reference. This is home. Okay, so the last resource that... Um, and all of these things are linked in your binder on that resource page. Um, but this is the last one, a Bible reference. And so this is also, there's commentary in this Bible, but this um, also has really great commentary. And originally I was gonna like give you guys like, which if you still want it, you can have it. But there's not a lot of free commentaries online. Well, there might be a decent amount. But one of them is Matthew Henry's commentary. And he was like a dude from like the 1500s. And it's like pretty reliable commentary, but it's also, he was from the 1500s. So it's written like he was from the 1500s. And so this is a little bit easier to read. And so if we look up Psalm 119, 9 through 16. And so if you just want to read the passage, because this also has a Bible on it, um, you can click on it like that. And one of the really cool things, well, it, so it'll give you, if you click on it, it gives you like sometimes one verse at a time. But the cool thing is last week we talked about the importance or the value in reading a verse in different translations. So here you can see like all the different translations. You can compare a verse and all the translations all at once. And then if you click on the verse, oh, well, this one doesn't have commentary. But if you would look up, well, it's telling me to look up John 3.16, so that's what we'll do. 
um, John 3.16, and then you can click right here, and it'll take you right to it. It'll have commentary on the side. So you can, again, dig deeper by using that. And if you looked up a whole passage, so if we looked up all of John 3, it'll give you the whole thing, and it gives you a little overview of John 3, and then you can click on each individual verse, and it'll give you the commentary for that verse. And so again, another tool, another resource um, to help you, something that's good, reliable, something you can compare like all of the different translations with. And sorry, I know this is like kind of a, a, a drier talk, but I just wanted to show you guys um, kind of how to use it and just give you guys uh, these resources. And then the last one is, which I did not put on my list for some reason, is the Bible Project. And so, um, and we're gonna watch, it is getting pretty light, but we're gonna watch a little video um, from the Bible Project. So this is the homepage of the Bible Project. And so the Bible Project, it has um, an overview for like every book in the Bible, like a short overview that you can um, watch. There's one for John, which is again, what we're reading. Um, but it also has resources. So if you go up to watch, it has, these are the different things. So it has like the overviews, which you can see in the middle, has word studies, themes, and it has a how to read the Bible section, which is really valuable. And it's something that I encourage you guys to watch on your own. Um, and Part of, uh, some of the notes that I got when we were talking about character, plot, and setting, I actually got from this how to read um, the Bible series on how to read biblical narrative, which is what the gospels are. And so we are gonna watch a five minute video on which there are notes in your notebook on this video um, on how to read the gospel. And so we're gonna watch this video really quick just to give you an idea of what this is like and also to help you as you guys are reading a gospel the Gospel of John, which if you didn't know, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are a part of the Gospel, which we will hear in this video. There are four books in the Bible that are ancient biographies of Jesus, the Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And while individual stories about Jesus and his teachings are familiar to many people, these books have way more to offer if we read them from beginning to end and see how they connect Jesus' story into the overall biblical storyline. So let's talk about how to read the gospel. First of all, this word gospel, what does it mean? Well, it means good news. Which raises the question, good news about what? Well, in Mark's gospel, Jesus enters the story announcing that the time is fulfilled. God's kingdom has come near, so turn around and trust this good news. So the good news is about God's kingdom arriving, but what does that mean? Well, it's Jesus' way of summarizing the whole biblical story that leads up to himself. The whole story. Okay, give me the short version. Well, the story begins with God creating a good world and then appointing humanity as his representatives to rule it. But then the humans rebel over and over, leading to a world of violence and death. That's a problem. But God's committed to making it work. So he chooses Abraham and his family to restart the project. Then through Moses, God brings the family into a garden land of abundance so that he can restore all of the nations through them. Right, Israel becomes a kingdom with amazing kings like David, but eventually Israel rebels too, and it leads them into destruction. But Israel's prophets said that God wasn't giving up. He was going to personally come and restore Israel so that his justice and peace could spread to all nations and all creation. 
This hope was called the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus said he was bringing to Israel. Yes, Jesus' good news is about God's kingdom, the new creation that was arriving to restore humanity to their role as God's partners in ruling the world. This is why the gospel has so many stories about Jesus liberating people from death and disease, along with all of his teachings about generosity to the poor or forgiveness and loving your enemies. He was inviting people to live in God's new world. Exactly. And so this is one of the main goals of the gospel, to show how Jesus is bringing the whole biblical story to its fulfillment. So that's why gospel authors are constantly appealing to the Hebrew scriptures while telling the story of Jesus. Yeah, like when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, Matthew reminds us that this was anticipated by the prophet Micah. And he directly quotes from Micah. Yeah, these direct quotes are really common. But more often, the gospel authors weave biblical phrases into the story without telling you, so you can discover it for yourself. Like when Jesus is baptized and God announces from the skies, You are my son, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. Now, if you do some digging, you'll find that God's statement blends together phrases from three biblical texts to identify Jesus as the royal son of David, the seed of Abraham, and the servant who's going to suffer for the sins of his people. Whoa, that is subtle. Yes, and the gospel accounts do this on every page. Every book is constantly showing how all of the biblical stories about Abraham or Moses and David and all the prophets, all of it points forward to Jesus. Now, why are there four different accounts? Wouldn't one be enough? Well, the diversity is on purpose. Each of the four gospel authors has shaped and arranged their stories about Jesus differently, so they can emphasize different things about him. Matthew presents Jesus as a greater Moses, and so he's grouped Jesus' teachings into five large blocks, just like the five books of the Torah. Luke highlights how Jesus is God's royal servant from the book of Isaiah, who brings God's light to the nations. Mark presents Jesus as a new start for humanity, bringing the mystery of God's new creation crashing into the present. And John focuses on Jesus' claim to be Yahweh, the God of Israel, become human, to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Those are really different from each other, but they all tell the same basic story. A man from the region of Galilee teaching this good news who's ultimately crucified as a criminal. Yes, all four books of the gospel are showing how the arrival of God's kingdom through Jesus led him up to the cross, where he was enthroned as the king of God's new world. He's given a robe, a crown, and a scepter. Right. And as Jesus suffers the consequences of humanity's rebellion, he's showing that the power of God's kingdom comes through his love and self-sacrifice. And when he's raised from the dead, we're watching the dawn of the new creation. So the gospel authors don't just want their readers to know about the good news of God's kingdom. They want them to become a part of it. Yes, the gospel is designed to persuade us to trust and follow Jesus so that we can participate in the new creation that he began. And so there's a whole series um, in here on uh, reading biblical narrative and uh, I encourage you all to to give it give it a look over, and so um, we are now going to get ready and we're going to break into our small groups and we're probably going to have to break people down a couple times because um, we have a really big group, which is really exciting. And so um, what we're going to be doing in our small groups, so 
as I mentioned at the beginning last week, there were daily readings for every day. Um, and so today's was uh, John 3, 1 through 21. And so we're going to be looking at that passage as a group. And um, if you like any observations, anything, questions that you guys had, going to talk about those really quickly. Um, and then uh, we're going to go and use some of these tools that we just talked about. Because this week, you're going to continue reading in John. Um, and you're going to use a different tool each and every day. And so I encourage you guys, like, I didn't just put this together for, for fun and giggles. Like, my hope is that, like, you guys will continue to learn how to study the word. And so I challenge you, I encourage you um, to, to do the daily readings. And not because it, may, it doesn't do anything for me. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's about you and, and growing your relationship with the Lord. And so, um, but I'm just going to pray for us really quick before we go into our small groups. So, dear Heavenly Father, God, um, we just love you and we thank you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for tools that have been designed to help us understand your word, God. I pray that, um, God, as we study your word, God, that you would give us divine revelation and divine understanding, um, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us, you would reveal our purpose to us, Lord, um, and that we would be changed um, because of your word, Lord, because we know that it is living and active. And so, Lord, I pray that as we go into our small groups, that you would just bless that time together, Lord, um, that it would be good, it would be refreshing, um, and God, that we would learn something. And so, Lord, we just love you, we thank you, and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 